Tis the season to shine with H&M. Discover the holiday collection and find fashionable pieces for your wardrobe or for under the tree. Get inspired and dazzle with this year's glam. From tuxedo styles, bow detailed pieces, impressive prints, and more. From unforgettable looks to unforgettable gifts. With fashion finds to home decor, find it all at H&M. Treat your loved ones and yourself this season. Shop in-store or at hm.com. Hey guys, it's Bert Kreischer, your brand new Open Tabs. This is the podcast slash video where I show you all the stuff I've pulled up over the weekend. I leave the tabs open, then we close them and enjoy them together. If you're listening to this, I don't have... I'll tell you what I'll... Ah, uh, fuck. Hmm. What I want to do is I want to ma- make sure people can go find these online. So we push up, put links up for something. But fuck it. We'll figure that out. Does that sound good, everybody? We'd like to start today's episode, this week's episode. My I, my friend, I'm his best friend. My friend, I'm his best friend, Tom Segura. He said that to me a lot. I don't know what I'd do without you. You're everything to me. He was on Hot Ones, maybe the greatest show on the internet. But, oh, whoa, Bert, what's Hot Ones? Oh, it's only a show that I fell in love with like three years ago, four years ago. The hosted by Sean Evans, who I will say, quite honestly, deserves a shot at late night talk show. He deserves, he's the next Charlie Rose. His interviews are fucking amazing. He does some of the best interviews. When he interviewed me, I got done and I was like, bro, I feel like you disrobed me and put my clothes back on me without me knowing it. Like he just is a great fucking interviewer. Legit. And he's an all around great guy. He is. He asked me, uh, he said, I'm interviewing Tom Segura. He's a really boring guy. I don't know what to ask him. (laughs) I'm kidding. He didn't say that, but I wish he did. And he said uh, something about, what was one question you'd want to ask Tom? They put it in at the end of the episode. Have you seen Tom's Hot Ones? Mm. He, it aired today. It dropped today. So you can watch it, the full episode. Go to First We Feast on, just type in Hot Ones, Tom Segura, in uh, YouTube, and you can watch it. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Hot Ones is, it is where you eat 10 progressively hotter wings, uh, and Sean asks you questions, and ultimately this hot, this hot sauce is the true serum. Because you kind of, you get caught off guard and you don't know how to respond and you're just fucking mouth is flaming and it, it, hot sauce is a real aphrodisiac. It fucking, it, it, it's like a roller coaster. It floors you. You can't think while you're on hot sauce. Try the bomb. The bomb is the hottest one I've ever had. I've done a lot of hot sauces. The bomb is the hottest sauce I've ever had in my life. But he texted me for real. He said, Hey, I'm having Tom Segura on. What question would you want to ask him? And the question I wanted to ask him, the one the one I'm sincerely want to know about Tom is he's so good. I mean, I, he could do a podcast on this. He is so good at making friends. Like friends. I can't make friends. I have like fucking legit maybe five friends. Like friends. Tom has no joke 20 friends. Ali Wong last night was saying how me and her 
are have in common because Tom is our friend. And in my head, I'm like, Tom's friends with Ali Wong? <laughs> like, friends. Like, they do stuff together. She was like, yeah, I was at his house the other day. I was like, you were at his house? He's friends with Russell Peters. Like, him and Russell Peters are friends. Like, I know Russell Peters. I would say he's my friend. But, like, I get nervous, like, texting him. I know I shouldn't say I get nervous texting him. But, like, I have intimacy issues. I have always have for my whole life. And so the question I said to Sean to ask Tommy was, um, I don't understand how he has so many good friends. Like, I don't know. That. But and then, of course, I wrote it as a joke. We'll listen to it. Let's listen to it. You can watch the whole interview on YouTube. You should. Um, it's fucking amazing. It's going to bite right into it, huh? Oh, fuck. This is Tom eating the last hot wing. If you've never seen the show, you should definitely watch it because they do it an extra dab. Tom Segura cleaning wings. <sighs> what a G. Sweating, crying. Tom asked me, he's like, how do I go into this? I go, go fucking hard in the paint. I said, I go, t- lean into it. Take the charge. Yeah, I, I heard DJ Khaled only made like three wings in. Dude, it's the best. I mean, as a fan of the show, and I'm a legit fan of the show. Uh-huh. As a fan of the show, when people go at it, you're like, fuck yeah. yeah. Charlize Theron, you just yeah. fucking got a fan for life. I love Charlize Theron because of the way she did Hot Ones. And Tom just ate the whole fucking wing with a huge dab on it. But it's Look actually it. a handsome glow. Looks like you're wearing Fenty. He's sweating. <laughs> ah, fuck. <laughs> you got it. You got it. All right, Tom, here we are in wing 10, riding a hot sauce high, weakened by the wings. And I just have one more question for you. Okay. And it comes from your friend and mine, Bert Kreischer, who wanted me to tell you that he's your best friend. He wanted me to make that clear to you. <laughs> so this is from Bert. Okay. Why does Tom think people like him? He's befriended some of the biggest comics in the industry and has more famous friends than Trump, but he's not that interesting a guy. He doesn't say much. He just stands there like a bump on a fucking log, yet everyone loves him. I know why I like him, but I can't figure out why anyone else does. What's his secret to making friends? I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> this is why I love this show. Um, I don't know. You know me. Why don't you answer it? Because you know what? You're just a good dude, Tom. Thank you. You know, like, comedy store. It's sold out. It's sold out. Hey, Tom, can you get me in? Can you get me in tonight? You don't have to. But uh, By the way, let's pause on this a horrifically fat picture of Tom real quick. <laughs> this is when he started fat shaming me. Look at how robust he is. Anyway, uh... By the way, I'm horrible at getting people into the comedy store. I'm like, yeah, text Joe. <laughs> Do. I want you to come eat spicy chicken wings on my YouTube channel. You're here. You want to debate in and out for Shake Shack? You're ready to go. Tom, that's why I like you. That's why you're my friend. That was so much better answer than mine. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you deserve it, my man. And look at you, you king. Crown on the head from where I stand. And now there's nothing left to do but roll out the red carpet for you, Tom. This camera. This camera. He is on this fucking camera. fire. Let the people know what you have going on in your life. <laughs> oh, he almost I almost threw up. up. <laughs> I, uh, I'm on tour. Go to TomSegura.com. I got a great podcast called Your Mom's House. Check it out. My friend Bird is fat, but he's still my friend. Don't be mean to him. It's because he's gross. That's it. What a way to end it. Except. Good job, Tom. Good Thanks. job. All right, real quick, before you get up, I want to read you. My mouth's on fire. Thanks. Get him a napkin. (laughs) I want to read you the text that uh, Bert sent me after that, okay? Okay. Uh, Because I asked him, I was like, why do you like Tom? 
Here's what Bert said. Ooh. The times I've laughed the hardest have always been with Tom, and what is fascinating is that in those times, he doesn't steal the moment or make it about him. He shares it with you and makes you feel like you created it. He's the accelerant to that moment. Where some of us force that fire, Tommy just has an innate, an innate ability to sense that heat, find his way to it, and fan it and make it grow like a fat Johnny Carson. What I find fascinating is that in this narcissistic world where everyone wants to, wants to output their moment of greatness, hoping for fame and insisting on credit for stuff they may or may not have accomplished, he asks for none of it, making the time he spends with you about you. Selfless. You walk away thinking, God, that was fucking fun. I was fucking hilarious. Who the fuck told him that would work? He wrote that? Mm-hmm. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. I still don't like him anymore, but that's really nice. <laughs> that's really th- awful. I, I didn't think he was capable of half those words. Yeah. I've I'm never heard him string together a sentence like that. I told him, I was like, I want to call my best friend now and tell him I love him. I love that it's stuck on this fucking picture of his face. <laughs> it's a great episode. Check out Tommy on Hot Ones. Check out all of Hot Ones. I got to get Sean Evans on the podcast. I got to get Sean Evans on my cooking show. Dude, so tell me about... I'm killing it. (laughs) Tell me about after Hot Ones. Because when you did it, tell me about how your stomach was, how your shits were. Like, I can't... Was it bad? Was it fine? Oh, it was horrible. When we did... I did Hot Ones. I did what Tom did. I just went in. I was like, I'm going to go fucking hard. And I had to fly to... Arizona that night and so I canceled my flight and pushed it to the morning I thought you know what if I'm gonna ship blood I'll do it at home (laughs) and so but I didn't I went out I did hot ones we came back to our friend's house and we actually had some hot we bought some hot sauce and did it again with everyone there and I didn't feel sick and then the next day I'm going through TSA and I start shitting my pants I start the feeling the thing when you get this hot sauce is your stomach goes it starts cramping going no we're shitting now hey this is like heads up everyone we're shitting right now and I said to the woman, a black woman, I was, I think I was flying, I was flying in a terminal I don't normally fly out of because I said to the woman, Hey, I'm shitting my pants. And I, but it, I know, only reason I know that is because I know the direct, I know the terminal I normally fly out of is terminal four, Sure. but this terminal was straight ahead and I could see the bathrooms on the left. I guess this is maybe when Delta, when American took over the uh, Delta's terminal, maybe, but I was like, I'm shitting my pants right now. She was like, excuse me? And I had already everything off. And I was putting it through the scanner. I said, I'm shitting my pants right now. And she went, honey, I don't know what to tell you. And I said, no, I'm just letting you know. I'm shitting my pants. And she, but I don't know why she... Th- and then I shat in the... I shat so much in the fucking airport, just rifling shit out of my ass. And then I got on the plane. I shat on the plane. I got into... Phoenix. I was flying to Phoenix that day. I shot at the. I shot nonstop. Did it burn? It, my asshole had the dry heaves, like, oh, like where your asshole pushes out, like balloons out. You ever seen a dog's asshole do that? Mine was ballooning <laughs> out. It was fucking aggressive. Tom's feeling those shits. Oh no, I guess he taped this a long time ago. All right, let's get out of this one. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about two uh, kind of like hot button topics. So. Three. I want to talk about three hot button topics. I want to talk about Nanette, which is Hannah Gatsby's special. I want to talk about, which I think we've talked about a little bit, but I don't think I've shared all my thoughts. I want to talk about Henry Cavill and his statements about the Me Too. By the way, these are things I don't ever feel like I'm uh, allowed to talk about, like because I don't. I, I just I'm not that kind of comic, you know. Like I just I just like giggling, but I think I can share some stories that I think, and then I want to talk about. This woman called out. We'll start with this woman. She called out an online clothing store 
for for their gender options. Now, I kind of think I know where all my fans lie on these gender issues. Like, I think I, I think I kind of do. I get confused and I kind of avoid it. Which, by the way, leads us right into Henry Cavill, who says, "I don't even talk to girls on set because I don't want them to think I'm a rapist." You've I think said is, that too. What you've kind of said that too. I, when I th- yeah, but I think what Henry Cavill. What I, I'll talk about Henry Cavill's in a second, but well, fuck, let's talk about Henry Cavill right now. People are attacking him as opposed to because that's everyone's mode of operandi. Is they go, "You said something that doesn't line up with my politics." Attack, attack, attack. As opposed to saying yes this has turned into a an area where people are guilty without um without due process chris hardwick is the perfect example he was guilty without due process and in effect even knowing i think the vast majority of people now knowing what chris has put out is that it was a complicated relationship both were guilty and he i don't think anyone thinks he sexually assaulted her at all i don't think anyone thinks that but he's lost everything. He lost everything. It is guilty without due process. That is what Henry Cavill was trying to say is, I don't get myself in a situation without guilty without due process. Can even I don't want to even be assumed. I'd rather just not talk to fucking women. By the way, I would say that's me, but it's not because I hung out with Ali Wong for a long time last night. I hung out with Whitney the other day for three and a half hours. I, have, I really lean on women... That comes out came out wrong. Well, these are your friends. He's probably talking about strangers that he doesn't know on set. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he is. But, but people attacking him, going, just don't be a rapist. Then he's like, obviously he's not raping anybody. What he's saying is, it's gotten so fucking sketchy that as a guy with a little bit of clout, a movie star, he's like, I just stay away from fucking everyone. Is what he should have said. Mm -hmm. He also, I can't believe he's this fucking big of a movie star, and he's not on top of the fact that whatever you say to a journalist is taken out of context and kind of re- I learned that when I was 25 years old Rolling Stone magazine wrote the article about me and I started doing interviews and the interviews were coming out and they would I remember telling one guy off the record fucking this fucking school's being an asshole and he played he was like Bert thinks Florida State's being an asshole. I was like, bro, that, I remember telling my dad, dad, that was off the record. And he goes, buddy, there's no off the fucking record. You think there's off the fucking record? Henry Cavill should have just shut his fucking mouth. If you don't want to talk to him and they don't talk about women, that's the fucking point. It's like, oh, that I went off the record. I love that you saw that in a movie probably. And then you go, off the record. I was like, off the record? This fucking president's an asshole. His daughter was a stripper. The president was a fucking asshole to me. He was a fucking dick. By the way, Florida State was a bunch of fucking cunts to me. They all, every single one of them, my fraternity suspended me. Every single fucking person at Florida State was an asshole to me when that came down. My fraternity suspended me. My teachers failed me. Because they, because no, and right? The fucking, no one would help me. The, I remember people calling me from the school going, you need to shut your mouth. Like I was their kid. I, I'm fucking, and this is before, this is before you could ever get called out on anything. You know, mm-hmm. you could operate in a way where you just, where you could be a piece of shit to someone and then it was your word against theirs. There was no like recording. I went into my teacher. I wrote about this in my book, Live at the Party. You can get it on Amazon.com. Go to burbertbert.com. You can get a copy. I'll sign it for you. I wrote about this in my book. I, I, my teacher, it was a creative writing class, and he failed me. By the way, I wish I could get his name. I would like to call him out. I wish I could get his name. I'll, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some work. I'm going to find out this teacher, and I'm going to call him out. 
because he's an asshole. He's a fucking asshole. I hope he's dead. I really hope he's dead. He should be dead. He was like probably 40 when I was 20. He's now 60-something. He never amounted to anything. I've never heard of him. He's a fucking failed writer. Lived in Tallahassee as a writer. What the fuck's wrong with you, you Jim Morrison wannabe fucking asshole? Fucking teaching fucking redneck kids who all they care about is keg parties, togas, and fucking football games. You fucking piece of shit, wannabe, fake, progressive, liberal, cunt. Fuck you. I want your name. I want to name him. I want to name him. In this world, we get to call people out. I want my fucking pound of flesh. I want to fucking hang this witch. This asshole failed me. It was a, it was a subjective class. Subjective or objective? I always fucking forget those two. It was basically it was a, a writing class. It was a writing class. You write short stories. For the record, um, when the article came out, we spent the whole week, the whole week, three class or two classes probably, two classes talking about my article in class. The second class I didn't go to because I was uncomfortable because people were talking about me. They were debating me in the class. Whoa. Yeah. And so I didn't go to it, which he got mad at because I didn't go to it. But he wanted to beat me up. He wanted me to feel the heat that everyone, because I, I didn't really talk great about Florida State. I mean, I didn't talk bad about it, but... I didn't, I wouldn't like, dude, we're a higher learning institution where all us kids are going to be doctors, lawyers. I mean, we're going to be the fucking, I was like, yo, we're a party school. I go, we're a boom, boom college. All my friends are going to be in sales. We're good with people. We got people skills. Like we're fucking, and by the way, all my buddies are in sales. All of my buddies. And I should have said my buddies. I shouldn't have said the school, but I said the school, whatever. So then I get my grades. I get my grades. My dad comes down, um, going back to Tallahassee to move out. I'm, I'm down in Florida. I had walked. I walked. I did like the walk. I go back to Tampa. I remember the night before I found, somehow I found out my grades. You could call in the night before I called in. I was going through a bank teller in the car, like a drive through bank teller. And I called in. I can't, I can't be right. It can't be right. Cause we didn't have cell phones then. However it happened, I was going through the bank teller and I realized I had failed two classes. I don't know how that had happened, but I, that's where I remember learning it. I went home that night. I, I wonder how that happened. I went home that night, and then the next morning I had to wake up at fucking six in the morning, four in the morning, six in the morning, and I had to drive back to Tallahassee. I had to drive back to Tallahassee to try to convince this teacher. Um, it must be, I'm probably mis- misremembering things. There must be a day in between. But I found out that night that I wasn't graduate that I hadn't graduated. I'd walked already, but I hadn't graduated. Oh. I went home, and my dad found found out as well. And the next morning, I went back because I had called the school, and the school said it's very common, happens all the time, is that you know it's senioritis. Seniors they fucking mess up a class. A lot of teachers, if you go talk to them, they'll have you do some extra work or something, and they'll pass you. They go, but almost all teachers knowing it's your senior year, like knowing that you're graduating and you're moving away from Tallahassee, all teachers pretty much just give you the passing grade. It's not a big deal. So we just go up, but you got to talk to them personally. So I was getting in the car to drive to Tallahassee from Tampa. I was down. My car was parked in the street of our cul-de-sac, 608 Colebrook Court when I was a kid. That's where we grew up. If you ever want to do drive-bys in my house, see what it looks like. I don't, they don't live there anymore. And I was down by the gutter, by the sewer where my car was parked by, down by the, like the little, uh, you know, where the water rolls in off the, and my dad came down and he had the piece of paper that I needed to take up there with me. And he started crying. He started crying. And he was, he was like, he goes, you'll, one day you'll know. 
when someone fucks with your kid, it fucking, you, I can't fucking deal with these emotions. I don't, he's like, you're not a bad person. This doesn't mean anything. He was sobbing, crying. And I was like, in my head, I was like, I'm driving up there. I'm getting it fixed. I'm totally getting it fixed. Drove up, went to the teacher's cubicle. Uh, like little, he lived in a, he worked in a closet. He worked, they had a closet for him. No, I'm being joking. It's a closet. It was maybe as big as this couch. His, his whole entire professional career was as big as the couch inside my man cave. Suck my dick. I hope Pat McAnulty knows who this, Pat McAnulty is one of the good teachers, one of the great teachers. By the way, all that negative shit I said about a writer living in Tallahassee, I really take it back. Pat McAnulty was my teacher, one of my creative writing teachers, and she was a dream. She's the reason I fucking wrote a book. She is the reason. She was a great teacher, an awesome fucking person. Stood up for me nonstop when everyone was attacking me after that article. Pat McAnulty, she wrote a book. Check it out. I still remember her name. You know why? She was a good person. This fucking teacher, I went into his cubicle, his little fucking closet, and I was like, hey, mister, what you call it? He was like, hi. And I was like, hey, I... Um, I just, I, I got my grades in and I just, so you know, like I, I got an F in your class. He's like, I know I'm well aware of that. I say, no, but I remember saying, yeah, but you know, your class was a, a creative writing class, you know? So we, I turned in all the things. So ultimately it's kind of subjective. And I remember saying subjective or objective. I always get those confused. And he went, the fact that you don't even know the difference between sub- uh. subjective or objective <laughs> is the reason I won't pass you. And I went, what? And he spun his chair and stared me down and he said, let me tell you something. I teach at a school you made a mockery of in a national publication. You have discredited everything I've worked for by your six and a half page article. I will never pass you and I will never give you this grade. You are failed in my eyes. And I went, okay. And he goes, hey, you got it. Like I, someone had offered me a book deal. Like it was not really now that I know what a book deal looks like. It wasn't really a book deal, but it was like, Hey, do you want to write a book? And that had gotten around and, and Oliver Stone's company had optioned the rights to my life that had gotten around. I was moving to New York to do stand up that had gotten around. And he was like, Hey, you're famous now. You don't need a degree. You don't need a, a college education or a diploma. Move to New York. Get fo- follow your dreams. Be famous. I actually thought for, I swear to God for a second, I thought he was being inspirational to me. Like, I, I'm, that's how dumb I am. I was like, I was like, yeah, I could do that. Like, I was like, you're right. I don't need a degree. And I was like, and then I was, in my head, I was like, but my dad wants to make sure I have my degree. That's like, I said, yeah, actually, but my dad wants to make sure I have my degree. And, and I, I talked to the, the, the admissions office and they said, or whatever. And they said, they, in most cases, you can just give me extra work. So maybe I could do something extra to make sure that I can pass. He goes, no, no, no. I think you misunderstood me. I don't like you and I'll never like you and I'll never do anything to help you. And he was like, you're failed and just leave. And I was like, wait, hold on. I actually said, this can't be happening. And he goes, oh, it's happening. You're failed. You're failed. I will never help you. I swear to God, Pat McAnulty, if you can help me remember this guy's name so I can call him out, I will fucking... I'll have you on my podcast. I would have you on my podcast anyway, Pat McAnulty. Um, someone find Pat McAnulty for me. She's awesome. She wrote a book. She's a really, really great woman. Want to hear how I met Pat McAnulty? By the way, I'm sorry. This we're gonna get on to this to me wearing blouses in a second. Pat McAnulty. We had a we had a teacher, Dr. Gerhardt, I think is his name. Um, and he came in uh, first day of class, creative writing class. Came in Monday morning, and he was like. Walked in, no shirt, motorcycle helmet, leather jacket, and he was like, uh, like satchel around his leather satchel around his chest. He's like, eh, Mondays aren't good for me. We're just gonna do Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, 
that's it and started leaving We're like and someone's like um what are we supposed to do and he was like he was like oh uh live life and write about it i just want to read what what your life's like write about it we'll read them out we'll work on them on class on wednesdays we'll read them out loud on fridays but mondays are no good for me so have fun on the weekends spill into mondays live live a life write about it and we'll read them on fridays so i was like fucking love this guy and i went to him i was like i'm having a hard time writing i don't know what to write about and he goes do me a favor get like a little hand recorder take it out i want to hear about one of your weekends i want to, i want you to just re- everything you say just say into the recorder and then write transcribe it transcribe it and i want to read about your weekends and i was like fuck yeah and i wrote this story about how i smuggled booze into the stadium and how we did drugs and how i hooked up with this girl and how we broke into the stadium that night and went on and ate lobster and threw a, an aerobi f- flyer on the fucking field and he got it he got it he was like this is fucking awesome he's like your writing is horrible <laughs> but he's like this is so fascinating like i'm really getting an insight he's like keep doing this and it was like really inspired me to really inspired me to write and do do what I do now, which is live my life, be cognizant of what I'm living, and when something good happens, write it down and be like, all right, I'm talking about that on stage. One day, we're getting there, we're so excited, and uh, oh, I remember one Friday, this girl goes to read her story, and uh, and she, uh, he's like, all right, she was really kind of hopping, like in an alt way, like back before you knew that a girl that looked like that also has a hashtag, and is like, before, there, like she was a feminist, but when... Femin- like I'm, I'm talking in circles. She was a feminist. Like she was a hard, hard chick. Sexy though, real sexy, but like in a hard way, you know. Kind of girl that doesn't wear socks with her shoes and her feet smell, but she packs bongs tight. She, um, she goes to read her story and she goes, "Last night I got fucked in the cooler at work, and I was sitting next to Mr. Dr. Gerhart, Mr. Gerhart, and he went, hey." <laughs> And I was like, oh. I looked at him and she wrote a story about getting fucked in her cooler at work. She's a waitress. And the whole time we're like, woo. I'm like, where do you, where do you work? Like we're supposed to be helping her creatively with her story. Where do you work? Who was the guy? Was it like a bartender or something? She's like, no, it was a guy who washed dishes. Oh, it was the hottest fucking story. Anyway, one day we were sitting in class on a Friday waiting for him to come in and Pat McNulty walks in and we're like, hey. And she says, uh, hey. I'm your new teacher. And we're like, wait, what happened to Mr. Gerhardt? I think I said his name right, Gerhardt. She goes, uh, he died. We're like, what? She's like, he died in a motorcycle accident. Um, I think, I think this is what she said. I'm not, I don't want to slander his, his legacy, but I think this makes him cooler to my fans. He was partying, a little bit of partying. Mm-hmm. And he had a heart attack on his motorcycle, fucking flying, and wrecked it and died. It's fucking 25 years ago. That guy would be fascinating to run into today. Him and Steve Garbarino. Have you ever... Dude, Google Steve Garbarino. He's one of the most interesting guys in the world. I want to have him on my podcast. Steve Garbarino is a fucking writer. Like, he lived in New York when I lived in New York. He was the first person to ever take me to a gay... Uh, he's not gay, but he was the first person to ever take me to a gay bar in the meatpacking district. And I watched... There's a guy that I think about to this day that was in that gay bar who had stars tattooed on his heels that grew exponentially all the way up to his ass cheeks where he had two Dallas Cowboy stars on each ass cheek. I think of that guy once a month. I think <laughs> of that guy. I'm like, where is he? There's no way he's alive. He had to get AIDS. Like, there's oh, no yeah. way. There's no, But I went to this gay bar and I was mouth wide open, just <sighs> khakis, Birkenstocks, fanny pack, 
Collared shirt. <laughs> Steve Garbarino is a badass. I got to get Steve. Will you write that down? I want to get yeah. Steve Garbarino on the podcast. See if we can find him online. Hey, everyone, see if you can find Steve Garbarino too. All right, let's get back to this. I'm sorry. I don't know how we got onto this. I have a question. When's your 20-year Rolling Stone reunion? I don't know. Should have been. Uh, it'd be nice if they wrote it for my Netflix special that's coming out. I don't know if I should keep it a secret on when it comes out and just go, today it's out, or if I should tell everyone leading up. I don't I'm know. I'm pretty sure you've said it at least twice, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible man of his word. I got to take Georgia to go get her hair uh, highlighted for the first time. Anyway, so the, everyone's so polarized, you can't even see the other side of the fence. That's what I'm talking about, right? Everyone's so fucking polarized, you can't see the other side of the fence. This is a horrible open tab, so I haven't even really opened any other tab. Don't worry, we're going to see Pac-Man Jones' fight in a second. Um, and so the Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill? That sounds like a, I'm thinking of Corella DeVille. Henry Cavill says that, and everyone just attacks him as opposed to going, no, no, I understand what he's saying. I get it. Like, as opposed to just going, I get it. You know, and that's, and that's what happened with this woman. I, I'm going to have to, I have to applaud her. And I understand that a lot of my fans, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of my fans kind of don't give a fuck about the non-binary, cisgendered, trans, uh, pansexual movement. I kind of don't care entirely because it doesn't affect me. You know, like it's not, it's, and that's apathy is fucking horrific. What happens is this woman writes this, uh, her name's Ellen Rose Ford. On on Ellen Rose Ford on on Facebook you can find her. It's Helen O R O S E Velt. Helen O Roosevelt. Helen O Roosevelt. Helen O Roosevelt. Helen O Roosevelt. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> anyway, I'm a big fan of hers, and I'll tell you why. This is what she wrote, and people attacked her, and people sided with her, and attacked other people, and it wasn't fair. She wrote. Dear online clothing store, if you make me choose male or female before entering the store, entering your store, signing up for your newsletter, you're cutting yourself off from revenue from people like me. I shop on both sides. I shouldn't be made to side to be, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have made sides to, you shouldn't, I am a really bad online out loud reader. You shouldn't have made sides to begin with. I don't need your style suggestions and there's no way I'm going back to your brand. I bet you the average person would own clothing with both feminine and masculine attributes if you stop making everyone take sides. Boys like pink t-shirts, unironically. You call them boyfriend jeans and charge for more. Fuck you. Love, Ellen. <laughs> Fuck you. Love, Ellen. Now, everyone applauds her. I want to read the one that... Everyone applauds her and like... like you know, fuck yeah, neutral. I, we need a neutral category or whatever. And then like some, some, some people write, hey, great point. I never considered that. And then one guy goes, if that was what most stores did, then the majority of people would likely be confused on where to go and prefer a style of clothing. So you just end up bothering the staff about where to go. Okay, that's not accurate. We're talking about an online store, okay? And it's not accurate because, yes, in, a, in, in the gap, if they didn't have the men's section and the women's section, I've done it myself where I go, am I in the women's section right now? And they're like, yeah, you are. By the way, I bought... So this is why I say this. I bought women's socks at Brooks Brothers. I bought eight pairs of them. They looked awesome. They were sheen. They were really thin. I like thin socks. And they went high. They were high socks. I bought eight pairs of them. I got home to put them on and realized my foot didn't really fit in them so great. And Leanne goes, did you buy women's socks? And I go, I, no, I don't think so. 
And she goes, has that ever happened to you before? Now, here's where I side with Eleanor Roosevelt, with Ellen Rose Ford. Was that her name? There's what I side with her. I don't think there should be, I think they should just make clothes and you get to pick clothes, whatever you want. When I was a kid, we start, we had to, we got to stop wearing uniforms in sixth grade. I had never really put on dress clothes up to that point. I put on dress clothes to go to church, but not like dress clothes to look good. And so I didn't have a collar shirt, like a cool collar shirt one day. And I said to my dad, hey, do you have any collar shirts? I'm in sixth grade, okay? And my dad's like, yeah, I got something that might fit you. Look in the closet. And I didn't realize that my mom and dad split the closet. And so for the almost the entire year of sixth grade, I wore women's clothes <laughs> exclusively. I thought I just looked good in my mom's blouse. <laughs> I wore women's clothes every day to school. I didn't know that the buttons on the other side meant that they're women's. I just thought I looked good in them. And had no one oppressed me and called me gay at school for women. Like, at one point, someone goes, Man, you really like that shirt. And I go, thanks. I think Eric Duppel was like, I think it's a blouse. <laughs> I was like, really? And he was like, is that your mom's shirt? And they looked at the back and they're like, this is a woman's shirt. But it looked so good on me that I was like angry at the fact that I couldn't wear this shirt. I just liked it. And, 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 and this is case in point is I went to Brooks Brothers and I liked women's clothes at Brooks Brothers. I liked their socks. And so, and I'm sure Isla deals with this because Isla does not wear girls' clothes. She will not wear girls' clothes. So I side with Ellen Rose Ford when she says, just, just say, just say fucking, don't make me pick one. Because Isla is going to end up picking dudes because she, that's all she wears. Sweatshirts, fucking knee-high socks. And fucking weightlifting shoes. She wears men's weightlifting shoes. Uh, fucking, she's a weird kid. She's a, no, but she's not a weird. I say she's a weird kid. She's my kid, and she is fucking weird. But she's just a regular kid. So don't make. I I side with her on this. That and the fact that I wore blouses and women's socks. I mean, I I wore. I was wearing women's pants to school. Like I didn't know. I just didn't know. It's the same size as my mom in sixth grade, and that was the clothes that fit. And I thought I looked good. By the way, at the same time, I, I want to say I wore women's clothes, not every day, but like a large part of the time up until seventh grade. Because I remember at seventh grade, I was like, we started listening to The Cure and The Smiths, and I was like, oh yeah, Morrissey wears these shirts too. Morrissey now is clearly I didn't know this at the time. I was just copying a gay dude. <laughs> I love the New York Dolls. Yeah, I love the New York Dolls. You know, George Michael's the manliest man I've ever met. So I side with her on this, and I, you know, I don't normally side with anyone on these. Like I don't, I just don't pick a side. I don't. They don't apply to me. But when I read this today, I just kind of rolled my eyes and was like, "Next," meaning like I don't care about your gender identity issues because I don't have to deal with them. So it's not something that's on my plate. And then I went, "Yeah, you know what? I did deal with this. Like I did wear <laughs> unknowingly wore women's clothes for two years, and so." Fucking shout out, Ellen. Here's what's crazy, though. Ellen Ford, Ro Ellen Rose, Rose Ford. Eleanor I'm, Roosevelt. Eleanor Roosevelt. She didn't gain any followers from this. Like, fucking. It, here's the problem. She wrote, like, thousands of people retweeted her and favored her, and no one followed her. So I'm fucking following her. Huh. Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, this isn't her. No, she's, uh, oh, she's adorable. She's adorable and wearing, I think, wearing a, a guy's top. 
I don't know. She is fucking adorable. I hope she, I'm sure she hates. I'm gonna follow her, and I'm gonna tweet to her. Great point. Hashtag follow. Followed. That sounds creepy. Hashtag followed to your car. Hashtag open tabs. Hashtag open tabs. <laughs> Sadly, I'm sure that someone will hit her up on this and she'll see my profile pic and just hate me and be like, ugh, can't believe a guy like that fucking liked it. You'd be like, no, no, no. I used to wear blouses. I used to wear blouses. Henry Cavill. Good luck. Uh, this is Hen- Helen. These are open tabs. Nanette. So have you seen Nanette? Nope. Just clips. Uh, I was, I've been taught, it's, it's been everything the comedy community is talking about these days. And it's funny because I think initially everyone shit on it because it's not super funny. It's not super funny. And I, but I think 16 minutes in, she tells you, Hey, by the way, this is not funny. <laughs> like 16 minutes in, it's lighthearted. It's okay. And then 16 minutes in, she says, I'm quitting comedy. Here's what I will say about Nanette. Okay. And this is my official Nanette statement. About no, I should say the woman's name, Hannah Gadsby. Gab Gabs Gadsby. Mm-hmm. I'm, by the way, I'm bad at names. Um, first of all, I watched the entire thing. It was super fucking interesting. It was like, it was better than a TED talk. It's a lot like a TED talk, but it's better than a TED talk because she's a performer. Most TED talks, unless you're Jocko Wilnick, has a badass TED talk. But most TED talks are boring as fuck. They're not performers. She's a performer. It's a really fascinating. I wish I had seen it live in LA at Largo when it came to Largo because I would have loved to see that. Um, she says she's quitting comedy because, she, and and everyone's saying that she's calling for the death of comedy. I'd heard that a bunch, and I think Slate wrote an article saying that because of this, now comedy's irrelevant and comedy's going to die. That laughter is pointless. I think this the Slate article wrote. I'm not really sure. I couldn't get through the Slate article. It was like. It just was a little fucking obtuse. But I'll tell you what I... And I, I think people should watch the net. I, I personally do. Even if you go, it's not for me. I, I And that's the other thing that offends me is like people, men, like men that probably are fans of mine are hating on her. But they're the same guys that when, when someone tells a rape joke and someone gets offended... They're the same guys that go, then don't fucking watch it. Change the fucking channel. If you don't like rape jokes, fine, but don't fucking tell me what I have to like. Well, it's the same thing with this. Just don't watch it. Just don't want, like, just, you're allowed to not watch this at all. I, mean, I watched it because I'm open-minded and I like to hear different thoughts and different ideas. But if you're not that guy, um, right and left, if you don't like, ra- Doug Stanhope told a joke last night that is so offensive but I listen to the whole thing, and at the end, I'm laughing my ass off. If you're those person who gets triggered and can't listen to something horrific, don't watch it. But if you're someone who can't listen to someone who's presenting an opposite side view, like I shouldn't be making jokes about my trauma to get you to get your approval, which is fucking valid, by the way. I, I, I agree with it. Ari and I talked about it last night. I agree with what she's saying. I think hacky lesbian jokes are fucking horrible. Like, you know, like, uh, you know, some like uh, you go up and you make fun of your sexuality to get a laugh. I agree with that. Pandering and that bullshit do great comedy. And if you can't do great comedy, do what she did and say why you can't do it anymore. What Like, I personally think I'm offended by people who get offended when they don't get offended. They're always offended. 
Does that make sense? I I was yeah. just offended at the fact that people who are like across the board, like you can't offend me. Then now they watch this and they're like, what the fuck? Fuck that. Like, and you're like, but well, don't watch it. That's what you've been telling everyone. Don't watch it. When you talk comes to Tosh or, or Jesselnik or Stanhope or, uh, or Colin, uh, someone, I don't know. I was trying to think of another name. Don't watch it. I think you should watch it. Check it out. I think it's interesting. It's not, it's not fucking hilarious, but it's thought provoking. And if you're going to live a life without your brain being tickled every now and then, fucking come on. What's wrong with you? Dude, I follow people that I don't like exclusively sometimes just to see different. I don't want to follow. I mean, I love Dan Blazarian, but I follow Dan Blazarian. I just get sad at my life. It's nice to follow someone like uh, Dr. Pimple Popper. Have you seen her? Oh, yeah. Her show's coming out. Wait, tell me what happened. Wait, what's going on with Brendan Schaub and Dana White? Oh, shit. So where can I find this? Is it on? It's kind of scattered about. Um, so Brennan Schaub has a podcast and show on Showtime called Below the Belt where yeah. he kind of breaks down fights and whatnot. So he was breaking down the last. Follow Brennan Schaub on Instagram and then you can go to his stories. And every time they release a new Below the Belt, you can swipe up and watch it. That's how I literally watch yeah. them off of Instagram. So he was breaking down the last UFC card. and um, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Did you just look up his first picture? No, I don't know. I don't know what? if we should talk about this. What? 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 I don't know because I, ju- I literally I typed in Instagram and Brendan's the first person to come out and he wrote, "This is hilarious." Yes, Joe Rogan is one of my best yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let me put some context behind it. So he was breaking down the last card and one of the uh, one of the fighters posted a total out of context video that he thought he was talking about him. So. The style bender thought Brendan was talking about him when Brendan was talking negatively about somebody else. Who's a style bender? He's this kind of up and coming fighter who's, I believe, undefeated. He's really, really good, really entertaining fighter. Um, a lot of high hopes for him in the UFC. His uh, name's Stylebender? Yeah. Brandon Taverns? No. Just uh, at, oh, at, Israeli Asad. Oh, I, Asad. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just at Stylebender. So. Oh, I just saw. Was I just saw something about this guy? Yeah, pro, uh, he was on Joe Rogan. Okay, that's what it was. Keep yeah. going. So he posted an out of context v- video. Brendan commented on the Stylebender's video and he goes, You're a monster. I was referring to guys with little MMA experience, was my main point coming straight to the UFC or major MMA leagues. You have a ton of experience in MMA before getting to the UFC. And then Dana White commented on the video and he goes, such where do a, I find this? Where do I find this? Is this on Instagram? Stylebender's Instagram. Hold on one second. Yeah. Stylebender Instagram. Come on, Stylebender. Where the fuck's your... There's your Twitter. Here's is, Israel's... Israeli? Israelia? Okay. Yeah. Is so this is the video? This is the video right here? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah, I think everyone's all high and mighty on these guys who come from you know, kickboxing and boxing background, when they come over to the UFC, they expect them to be these elite strikers. The distance, the combos, the head movement, the the, the number of variables, it, it's a completely different game. So to me, that never translates. It doesn't. They, they, they have spent so much time on the- So that's the video we're talking about. And he assumed Brendan was talking about him. Yeah, which okay. is not true at all. He was talking about Saki, some t- totally different. So, oh, God, this guy was at the fucking store last night. 
Yeah, probably. I mean, he's just did Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, so Dana White comments on that video, and you can probably scroll down and see. Dana White goes, such a fucking tool. What the fuck does this idiot know about the sport or the business? Stylebender, for you to be listening to one word from this moron is a waste of your time. The guy went 6-5 and five in the UFC. The only thing he could teach you how is to get KO'd. Tune idiots like this out. So this is like, yeah, that's totally out of context. Wow. And Dana White just went off, and then Brandon responded to Dana White and goes, Whoa, look who got a break from folding Ronda Rousey's laundry to jump on Instagram. Bravo, <laughs> sir. He's right. Stylebender, what do I know? Listen to the fat, bald guy who has never been in a fight in his life. Do that. And then... And then... Oh, God, this is... The end of this is so juicy. So Brandon kind of released a statement on his Instagram. This is what... a what you just pulled up. He goes, this is hilarious. Yes, Joe Rogan is one of my best friends. He played a significant role in my post-fight career, no doubt. You're right about that, Dana White. Two TV shows, sold out worldwide comedy tour, two successful podcasts, and just booked my first major movie. Super grateful. However, if it weren't for the Fertitas loaning your ass millions of dollars to invest into an idea that wasn't yours from the start, you wouldn't be shit. How's it feel to know once the real businessmen slash brains left, the UFC has been a shell of itself with you at the forefront. You've tried it all. CM Punk experiment, begging Brock to come back, and praying at night for a Connor text. Tough job to do that without Lorenzo holding your hand, making sure you don't mess it all up. Can't feel good. You'd be a cardio kickboxing coach in Boston in your late 40s, hoping to grab a ticket to one of my stand-up shows if the Fertitos didn't save your ass. Also... This is, <laughs> also, this is no way Eskimo brothers should talk to one another. Last warning. <laughs> Wait, Eskimo brothers are guys that fuck the same chick? Yeah. Brandon fucked the same chick as Dana. <laughs> you calling him or what? Oh, no, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid to do anything. I'm afraid to respond because someone's going to see this. Uh, Brandon's probably going to see this, yeah. Oh. So that's what... No, Brendan, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously, no, I'm, I'm team Brendan all the way. I mean, he's my fucking buddy. Well, yeah, for this to be taken so out of context... I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Dana White's, but, like, just to watch... To, can I tell you what I respect? Is to watch someone flamethrow shit. Yeah. Just to go, oh, really? That art form is gone. Just to be like, by the way, by the way, fucking... I can't believe Brendan wrote that. That's a fucking torch of a fucking... Do I like it? Yes. I like. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Should I comment? What do you want to say? Hashtag open tabs. Yeah. Hey, man. Check out my podcast. <laughs> oh shit! And then everyone, boom, goes the dynamite. Mm. Facts. Look at the comments. The comments are fucking insane. Whoa. Can you explain the Eskimo brother reference? Should I comment to that? No. Yeah, they both shared an igloo in Alaska, you fucking ninny. Eskimo brothers? Oh, shit. Michael Jackson just eating popcorn. I screenshot it when it, had, when it was up for only seven minutes and there was already over 500 comments. This has 33,000 likes and it's at the top of my timeline. And it was added an hour ago. Wow. By the way, there's, I mean, I look from my perspective, there's no downside to this, you know, 
Mm-mm. I mean, there's no downside for either of them. No. They're in a game of promotion. This is just uh, like elevating Brendan's persona and what he does. Because what he does is comment on shit like this. Mm-hmm. And what Dana is, is Dana's a guy who runs a fucking multi, the most successful sporting company probably to date. That's not true, but. No, but no, but it's like it's on its way up. Sure. Like he runs probably the the world's biggest growing sporting event thing. Sure. Right. Sure, yeah. And he's a guy that runs it from his hip where he just fucking calls out people and talks shit. Mm-hmm. He's a fight promoter. He's like mm-hmm. Don King. Yeah. So Brennan has to kind of step on the gas, right? You, you, the last thing you do is apologize to Dana White. <laughs> if you want, I mean, I do. I definitely do. By the way, big fan, Dana. Big, big fan. If you ever want to have me in one of your fights, dude, fuck Brendan. I'll go in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you just have to step on the gas. And by the way, these are from two men who know they can fight. Like, that's what's crazy is these are men who throw fucking hands for a living. Like, Dana White was a amateur boxer, I think. Yeah, but. But Brennan's Brennan. very big. <laughs> Dana's big, right? I don't think so. Oh, this is fucking... I love this. I, this is insane. What, but this may, just makes life interesting. It's like the Pac-Man Jones fight. Did you watch the Pac-Man Jones fight? Huh. What? What? So wait, I, I want this to happen quicker. I want more stuff to happen. I know. That was the last thing that came out an hour ago. It's kind I of got been... a text. I got a text, Brendan. Let's see. This is a great podcast. Bert, you texting people? Um, what do I text Brendan? Oh, I don't fucking, know. I'm staying at it. I don't I'm know. I'm just sitting back and watching. This is fucking amazing. We got to yeah. release this. Let's see how how much time out. have we done right now? 50 minutes. Oh, we got to end. I got to go get Georgia to. By the way, we will be covering this on the next open tabs. Mm-hmm. We will be. We will be. This is something that we will be following until this ends with Brendan Schaub and Dana White fighting in the octagon. And you know that's where it's going. Oh, it's my wife. Shit. Hang on. Hello. Fracture in the growth plate. She fractured her fucking arm? Yep, you're on speakerphone with your daughter. Hey, you're on the podcast with hundreds of thousands of people. Oh, uh, she's really upset because we are about to be two weeks at water. Are they putting a cast on it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We have to go to the pediatric orthopedics. She wanted us to go now. And they couldn't get us in until the morning because it's in her growth plate. Fuck. So we have a 9 a.m. appointment tomorrow morning to get cast. That's okay. Don't worry. We'll take care of it. It's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. We're going to figure out a workaround for riding on the Wave Runner. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Plastic bags. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Don't worry. Rubber gloves. Something. We'll figure it out. It's not that bad, Georgia. It's not going to be that bad. Okay, baby? Well, we're going to make it great. It's going to be okay. Okay. Are you guys coming home? All right, let's go get our hair done, Georgia. Okay, yes, I think that would be just the ticket. It's going to be totally fine, baby. Don't worry about it, okay? It's going to be fine. It sucks. She's allowed to know that it absolutely sucks. It sucks. And it's mom's fault, Georgia. It's mom's fault. It's not mom's fault. It's mom's fault, Georgia. It's mom's fault for trying to give her a social outlet so she could make friends, which was tennis lessons. But... I feel really bad that this has happened 
at the time it has happened. That really stinks. Don't worry. We're going to be fine. It's going to be okay, baby. We'll figure it out, okay? There'll be an opportunity to find other things to do in Weedowie, Alabama. No. Okay. <laughs> right? Maybe you shouldn't tell everyone on the podcast where we're going. Well, it's not actually in Weedowie. Okay. All right. Yeah, technically. All right. I love you. I love you. I'll see you in a sec, George. Bye. So she broke something? Yeah. I didn't think it was broken. Oh, shit. And then they went to the hospital and it's broken. What? What is it? What did she break? Her arm or leg? Her arm. She was talking back and I just was like, snap. No, I'm kidding. She was playing tennis and she fell back. Their coach, I guess, sucks. And he was, he was just confusing her. She fell back and landed on her hand and broke her arm. Jesus. She got brittle ass bones, that kid. This is her second broken arm. Isla broke both of her arms at the same time once. <laughs> what? She had two casts like this, and she couldn't. I would give her cake pops in both hands, and she couldn't get them in her mouth. Oh, shit. <sighs> wow. All right. Uh, real quick, Pac-Man Jones fight will end, uh, and I hope you guys have a great week. We'll be following the Brendan Schaub, uh, Dana White drama in future uh I haven't done one video. This has been the most boring, uh, whatchamacallit, yet. But it's about to get a lot less boring. Why? You didn't see this? Hmm. Pac-Man Jones, a.k.a. Adam Jones, is a he, he was a Cincinnati Bengal. Uh, he's been on a bunch of teams. He was a guy that got in trouble for making it rain. He was a guy that made making it rain famous. Uh, throwing money at ho- strippers. Why do I say whores? I need to fucking progress. Have you, wait, are you watching the fight? No, I did see this. Yeah, I didn't know. Dude. I, did, I just saw it out of context. He made it rain at a club. Fight broke out. Dude got shot. Dude got killed. And then he got a bad rap. I think because because Adam Jones keeps it fucking real. Segura's got a story on his on his last special. My special's coming out soon on Netflix. Um, Segura's got a special a story about him on a special about how he doesn't like to be confronted. He doesn't like to be like, hey, man, big fan. He doesn't like that shit. He doesn't like anyone talking to him. Guy comes up. I'm going to do the backstory that I don't know about, sure. but I assume I probably can guess. Guy comes up to him at uh, at Atlanta Airport. Guy that works at Atlanta Airport says something. Pac-Man Jones gets a little like, hey, man, leave me the fuck alone. Guy's like, I don't like being disrespected like that. Pac-Man Jones is like, I don't give a fuck how you like being disrespected. Leave me the fuck alone. Guy's like, yo, guy's a big guy. He's like probably six, Huge. six, five. Makes Pac-Man Jones look small. Pac-Man Jones is small, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like 5'8", I think. Oh, five, maybe 5'10". Five, oh, okay. I'm um, not okay. saying 5'10 small, but it's just saying like he is not, he's not, he's a cornerback, so he's not like a guy decides, I've had enough. I'm going to knock you out. And here's my question. I don't know who's holding the fried chicken in this because there's fr- Popeye's fried chicken gets knocked onto the ground, and I can't figure out. I don't know. The woman in the yellow jacket, I can't tell if she runs and throws fried chicken into it. She had someone has fried chicken. It's Popeyes. I fucking watches a ton, and I and by the way, oh my god, my mouth's watering talking about fucking fried chicken. We have like sixty pieces of Popeyes in our kit in our thing. So Popeyes is on my brain. So when I saw the bags, I went, "They're holding Popeyes." So if you watch the video, you got to find. I try. I can't tell if Pac-Man Jones is carrying it, or I think what I think is Pac-Man Jones, either girlfriend, wife, or agent or manager comes in because she calls him Adam. Adam, stop. Adam, stop. But as soon as she touches him, fried chicken falls onto the ground. And I hope 
that you're not taking any racial undertones into this. Because if you are, you're imagining that. I'm just telling you what happens. So, there's a guy going, fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? To Pac-Man Jones. Now, Pac-Man Jones right now, he's got something yellow and he's got a white jacket with him. No, I'm sorry. The yellow's her jacket. And right there, fried chicken appears. You see that? I'm being serious because it gets dropped. Is it bad that in one, the whole fight thing, I'm like, who's going to pick up the food? That's how fucking fat I am. Wait, there's there's clearly a good meal sitting on the ground. You guys are going to ignore the meal. The things that bothered me in this fight was, number one, uh, he didn't take his chain off. I wanted to see him take his chain off. And he fought with a backpack on. Like a, He's got a Gucci backpack. By the way, I am noticing small details in this fight that are, I'm obsessed with. He never took his backpack off on the fight. Let's finish watching the fight. See? Fried chicken. She just kicked the fried chicken. And she wasn't carrying it, but I didn't see it in his hands. Okay. Whoa. Now fried chicken's everywhere. Fried chicken's everywhere right now. There's two bags now. So there's a third bag over there, and now there's two bags of fried chicken here, and clearly the guy takes a swing at him and throws him into a closed uh, little bodega. Not bodega, but you know what I mean, in the little kiosk. And the woman gets thrown up. That's what my wife, my wife's like, why is she in this? And I was like, because that's what black women do. They fucking take care of their man. Fuck. Where would you be if this was happening to me? You'd be running. I want That's why you want to need a black woman in your corner. This woman goes, fuck, I will get hit for you. I love you. I'm a ride or die, bitch. Call me Eve. You're my DMX. Oh. Now, Pac-Man has not taken off his backpack, which if I'm in a fight, I take off my backpack. Now... There's also a fear that you take it back off, pack off, and someone just grabs it and runs, but we're at the Atlanta airport. Backpack, badass fanny pack. Buying that fanny pack right now. Is that a Gucci fanny pack? That's a Gucci fanny pack. I'm buying that fanny pack. That's Is that a Gucci fanny pack? I can't Can tell. you zoom in? It looks it. I'm getting a Gucci fanny pack. That's the first thing the airport guy does is take his backpack off, too. It's the first thing he does. Should have kept it on. No, sir. No. Pat McAfee talked to me about. I told him I could be a punter one time. I was like, if, yeah, I think if I gave me a couple months, I could probably be a pretty competitive punter. And he was like, nah. He's like, you want to know the difference between me and you, Cuzzy? Explosivity. Explosivity. That's what this guy's under. He's a big guy, but he doesn't know how to be explosive. The way Pac-Man Jones throws his body into grown men twice his size every single day. This man does not scare him. He fights and throws punches with dudes with helmets on. This man does not scare him. He's wearing a fucking orange vest. There's no hiding. He is a eyesore. He sees his target. It is lit up in bright orange. It. This guy knows nothing. He's about to fight a pro athlete. Pro athletes come at it different. I think I'll say the word one more time explosivity watch the difference between explosivity happening with one gentleman and the other gentleman by the way three bags of fried chicken on the floor i'm still worried about the fried chicken and the backpack he's got his backpack on this is not how i fight yeah. i pick up the food first of all and I make sure it's safe yeah bam bam coming at you i'm coming at you bam oh guys out guys out oh and he stomps him Look at that! That guy's knocked out. He's grabbing other guys, and his buddy's like, him. his buddy's like, "Yo, bro." Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, missed on that one. Right here is where he catches him. Right here. 
wham. Oh, God. He caught him on the jaw. Just conk. And I guess you go to sleep when your jaw gets hit like that. Yeah. By the way, I would pay money to be a flying that day. <laughs> I would have stomped the guy. Just been like, Pac-Man, I'm on your team. I love this. I love I love Pac-Man Jones's chick. So let's count. Let's count this again. There we go. Bag of fried chicken on the ground. I love what she's wearing too. Oh wait, is she wearing fluffy shoes? Man, what's up? What's that? Well, yo, man, what's up? What's that? Pac-Man Jones like okay, it's game time. Pac-Man Jones on the field. Player of one. Take him down. Now you gotta give it for the guy. He blocked a solid punch. Pac-Man Jones went and threw a punch, and the guy blocked it. I think, if I'm not mistaken. I love her shoes, by the way. Take his backpack off quick as shit, like he's scuba diving. Pac-Man's got fast twitch watch this, muscles. Watch this. Watch this. Ready? Blocked a punch. Blocked a punch. Now he thinks he's gonna. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. There's fucking food everywhere. What just, what just came off? Oh, what just what just broke on the ground? I guarantee you that. Dude, it's hard to beat up a man fucking a foot taller than you. I love the slow mo. Thank you, TMZ Sports. Nope. Nope. He's doing old football dr football drills. Never stop moving your feet. Never stop moving your feet. Fuck Never yeah. stop moving your feet. Never stop moving your feet. That's the, the other guys. Yeah, that's the difference between fast twitch muscles and His slow backpack's twitch. off. By the way, this is right by security. No, no, this is right by the gates. TMZ. All right, that's it. I gotta go take my daughter who broke her arm. Oh, let's watch just this. Let's close out. This is our moment of zen. This mama. Dog disciplining her dog who's That's that's one bad Connie Corso right there. Fucking come on, discipline yeah, lick her behind the ear, lick her behind the ear. I'm your mama. There we go, there we go. Oh, look at that. Uh, oh. Let's just fast forward and see how this ends. Oh, wow. I think she ends up... Oh, shit! Oh, wow, we jumped for way too forward. Oh, look at Mama goes around the corner. Mother handles disrespectful dog. Look, she goes over to the dad. The puppy goes over to the dad. And then here comes the mom. No, I'm not done with you. Where the fuck did you go? Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, you're about done. Yeah, you see this? Watch this. Yeah, yeah. You're not in the corner anymore. Yeah, fucking flip on your back. That's what you gotta do to a dog. You gotta flip them on their back. You gotta flip her on her back. Don't fuck with your mom. Come on, mom. Fuck her up. There you go. On the back. Hold her down. That's what we had to do to Priscilla. You gotta flip her on her back and make her submit. She bites her leg. I'll fucking drag you, bitch. Why is this fascinating to me? Because you like dogs. And chaos. <laughs> you ever scroll through World Star? 
No. What? We got to do a world star open tab. Jesus, dude. Fucking put her down. Look, it just fucking come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at this. You gotta beat that, beat that out of a dog, mama. Yeah, fucking get her. Come on, get her. Look at this. It's almost over. Oh, it's over. All right. I'm off. We'll talk about that on next open tabs. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. No song today. I'm going to go take my daughter who broke her wrist to go get her hair done so she feels better about herself. No wave runners for that little girl. We got to figure, figure a workaround. Poor little girl. I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Uh, I love you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.